Good evening, everyone. This is your host, Coach Anita Sharlow, and we are here for another candid conversation with another phenomenal woman in my network. You guys will meet her shortly, but I have to tell you, you're probably used to me saying this all the time, but the women that I have on the podcast are women that I am personally connected to or I have personally vetted them, right? So that I know I'm not just taking everybody's application to be on the podcast. I am hand selecting these individuals because I know that they have something of value to bring to the table. And as you know, I have shifted gears of the podcast recently where um, I was talking about dating and relationships and marriage coaching before. And while I'm still in that business, I am right now moving into more of the healing space for entrepreneurial women and women in corporate America. And so with that, this, was it this year? Yeah, it was in February. I had the opportunity to share the stage with Coach Sin, and we were talking about mental wealth. I just knew that I had to have her on the podcast with you. We met Um, As we were preparing to go on stage and then we went out to dinner that night and we hung out and I was, and it was just an amazing time. And in case you guys don't know, pre-podcast, we have a conversation to make sure that we are on the same page to really, you know, dig a little deeper about what we want the message to be and to get to know each other more. And we were, we had scheduled a call. We did the pre-podcast conversation and then we scheduled the recording conversation and we decided not to record but we were on the phone for two and a half hours okay so I promise you I'm not going to keep you listening to this episode for two and a half hours so what I want to do now is we're going to do something tonight that we've never done before and that is we are going to dedicate this episode to a particular individual I'm not going to tell you who that is I am going to Turn the mic over to Coach Sen now, and I would like for her to not only introduce herself, but to share with you who we are dedicating this episode to. Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman Podcast. Coach Anita Charlo will cover a variety of topics, such as personal, professional, and corporate relationships, diversity, equity, and inclusion, energy, metaphysics, corporate relationship responsibility, and spirituality in the workplace. Be sure not to miss the Candid Conversation with Phenomenal Women episodes, where Anita interviews women leaders in their field about their challenges, triumphs, and ways in which they make their happiness a priority in both business and in love. And now... Here's your host, executive coach, author, speaker, and corporate metaphysician, Anita Charlo. So now that I've given you the longest introduction in history, I'm going to bring to the stage the podcast, microphone, of course, Coach Sin. Woo, right? <laughs> like I'm walking out with the right thing in the audience. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing introduction. Not just saying that that really was. I'm sitting here like trying not to laugh and cry <laughs> and all that stuff. 
So I am definitely honored to be here. And um, for those of you, this is your first time hearing about me. My name is Seneca Williams, but I am also called Ask Code Sen on social media. I'm a licensed therapist, licensed mental health counselor, and I have an online therapy practice where I support careerpreneurs and entrepreneurs in working through work-life alignment, working through anxiety, stress, depression, you know, all the transitions. And sometimes we don't know if our mental health is affecting our work or if our work is affecting our mental health. So I support those um, who are going through a difficult time managing it all. And since starting that online therapy practice, I found that there needed to be a space where entrepreneurs can gather to talk about the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship. So I started the brand, the Conquer Network, to support entrepreneurs in building business and mental wealth in business. Sometimes you're going to find that you go into these business communities and they're talking about staying up all night and they're praising the hustle and they're just like, you know, go, go, go. And I'm like, what kind of human beings are y'all? Because that is not life. And that's right. for mental health. Right. Almost like shunned, right? Mm-hmm. To talk about what you're going through in your personal life. And I've even been in those business communities where I felt shamed. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was starting my business and I was going through a separation. I was going through my own panic attacks, depression, and all of that. And I felt like I couldn't bring it up. You know, they'll be like, did you do your homework? Are you getting to the money? You know, are you secure? And I'd like, you know, this is what I'm going through right now. And you know, it it prevented me from showing up the way I wanted to. And it was almost downplayed. And I remember someone calling me like a monkey brain, you know, (laughs) and I was like, what? Monkey brain? What does that mean? And I kind of felt not empowered. You know how a lot of these coaches are talking about empowerment. I did not feel empowered. Mm -hmm. This is also why I wanted to dedicate this episode to my grandmother on my mother's side, my maternal grandmother that recently passed away and literally just came back this week from burying her from her funeral all the way in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. We spent two weeks there. Um, If you are familiar with funerals in New Orleans and how big that is, it's an event and like a parade, like Mm -hmm. that's what it was like. Like they had a steel pan band going to the cemetery and people marching in the road. And I'm going to share the, uh, the YouTube video with you. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. Yes. (laughs) Can I share it it with the, with the listeners? Can I add it to your, the show notes? Yeah, sure. You can. I always talk about my Caribbean background because I think it's so important to remember where you came from. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother, her, name is Vita Williams, but I grew up knowing her as Granny Lane. You know, back in the day, people had like three names and you don't find out till the funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their real name. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> so I dedicate this to her because my grandmother, she was an entrepreneur of her time. Mm. And 
as an entrepreneur of her time, what she did back then, raising five children by herself. And she always told me this, like, she didn't tell me much. Like usually when I asked her a question, she responded with a Bible verse or a song. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to like kind of decipher and figure out, okay, right. so did you actually answer me? Now I got to go to the Bible and figure out what that means. <laughs> Grandma was speaking in parables. Right. <laughs> so the only time she spoke to me like with clarity was when she used to say, I raised my five children by myself. And I'm not saying this to say it's not good to have a husband, but she just let me know you can do this. Yeah. And she did that by farming. So she would grow things on the farm. She worked the land. Mm. She's a woman working she actually the land. worked the land. She was, yes, yeah, she was doing the plowing, the planting, the harvesting. She literally was wow. the land as a woman. Yes. Took what she grew and sold it in the market. And my mom would tell me stories of her going to the market. Like my mom would send me to the market to sell things. Like she would grow things from the earth. And um, if you're Caribbean, you might know like things like Dasheen and Tanya and yams. You know, I know that the black community, we know yams. Right. (laughs) Sweet potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) She grew those things and sold them in the market in town. And that allowed her to build her own house, which she also told me I built that house Wait. without a man. Hold on. <laughs> she she built it. Like she built she, it with her hands. Like she built like, that house. Like, like she put the brick or the mortar and the, the wood, whatever. Your grandmother built a house, like a whole house. house. Right. So she would always like she was working like a man. You yeah. know? And because of her, because of her, my mother could go to school. She could pay for my mom to go to school because of my mom, I could be here talking to you today. So I dedicate this to my grandmother and all our grandmothers because of them we are. Wow. Girl, you just, you got me over here like black girl magic, right, grandma? (laughs) (laughs) I am so, this is amazing. One, I can't wait to see the YouTube videos. Make sure you send that link to me. And two, I'm just so having been a single mom and you know this, right? Because you've been Mm -hmm. a single mom too. Having been a single mom and as a black woman, having to do whatever it takes to make ends meet, you know, figure out a way to make it happen. um, That's amazing. You know, I've done a lot in my time and I have never built a house from the ground up (laughs) with my bare hands, right? I've never done that. Now I made, you know, I'm taking a dollar and stretched it for three weeks. But I've never made a house brick by brick, whatever she used. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that. But we see, that's the thing about us. And, you know, Black women, we are so resilient and we will figure it out. And I understand what your grandmother said when she said, you know, she did it without a man. It wasn't like you don't need a man, but like you don't need a man. You should always be single. You know, men are this or that. It was like, Nothing should stop you from succeeding just because you don't have a man, right? You can succeed without a man. That's what I took from what you just said. Yes. Girl. All right, now, now, what was grandma's three names? (laughs) I knew my grandmother growing up as Vita Lane. Yeah. And then at the funeral, she's like Teresa Williams. And I'm like, who? (laughs) That was a government name. That was a government name. (laughs) 
so then they're like, oh, she's Vita Teresa Williams. And then her other last name came from her other husband. And I'm like, oh, okay, now, all right. Because these right. are things that they would talk to children about back right. then. You know, when you were growing up, well, at least when I was growing up, it's very different now, but you were seen and yes. not heard, right? Yes. You were spoke, spoken, you speak when you're spoken to. Exactly. So you yep. didn't ask grown people their business. No, you didn't. Because I was like, why does everybody have a, a different last name? But hey, I was just like, okay. <laughs> it's like, look, stay out of grown folks' business, right? That's exactly what they say. Stay out of grown, get out of here. The adults are talking. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. That is amazing. That, that is, I love that. You know, I think, and this is, you know, just me being real with you, right? Like lately in the past, well, over the past two years, since the whole George Floyd incident or murder, I'm not going to call it an incident. It was a murder. Ever since George Floyd and things I've just not been able to separate myself from from my blackness, right? And then just really connecting, reconnecting with my roots, put it that way. Really looking at things and understanding, acknowledging, and even honoring the things that I experienced as a child, even though they may not have been the healthiest things, right? even though they may have left residual trauma, they were my experiences. But what I'm learning is I'm learning the language around this. It wasn't just mine, but every Black person that we know, especially those that are born in the U.S., have multi-generational trauma that they're still, you know, that is still within their DNA. And I've been taking the time to really dig deep and really uncover and identify and try to heal from that have and just listening to you talk about and and remind me of the things like when we were growing up stay out of grown folks business get out of here go outside the grown folks in here talking there was so many family secrets that were that were kept from us and we like you said we find out at at funerals or at weddings Right, because when you're sitting at a table with a bunch of relatives at weddings and the bride and the groom are sitting there all happy and smiling, you learn all the dirt about the bride or the groom, depending on who you're there for. You're like, what? What is he doing getting married? Or what is she doing getting married? They come out at that time or family reunions, Mm -hmm. right? So this is, this. I'm really excited and I'm happy that we are dedicating this episode to your grandmother. She was... Your grandmother is somebody who I would have really enjoyed just sitting, talking to and 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 just understanding and listening to her tell the stories about what she did. And no wonder you are as amazing as you are. I'm just I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm serious. Right. The fact that you come from such a strong black woman and the conversation that we had, you know, during our non recording recording session. Right. right. right? <laughs> You know, all that you shared, it's just like, wow, now I, now I see it it gives me insight into how you became the woman that you are today. And I'm so excited to be sharing you with the listeners. Um, So we talked about, okay, people. All right. All right. Okay. Listeners, I'm not going to keep, I know (laughs) I'm not going to keep Go. Let me get into the meat. Um, of this recording. But what I want to do is, Coach Sen, you talked about 
you talked about, you said careerpreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd like for you to define for the listeners careerpreneurs because I have defined for them previously the title dualpreneurs where people are working in corporate and building a business on the side. So let me know or let let the listeners know what you define as careerpreneurs and the challenges that you see that they um, they deal with on a daily basis. Okay, um, so I would like to say, first of all, I did not coin the term careerpreneur. Okay. I didn't coin the term. So just in case anybody's listening and say, I didn't make it up. However, when I discovered careerpreneur, I was like, that's me. And mm-hmm. what a careerpreneur is, it's someone that operates as their own entity. So they treat their career like it's their business. Mm -hmm. So they can take themselves, brand themselves and go from one company or business to the other. Like if it's not working out over here, okay, well, I'm going to go over here and sign the contract and get paid over there. So they are climbing the corporate ladder, you know, and treating themselves as their own brand. Like you are the business. Right. So When you think like that, you go into job interviews thinking to yourself, like, why should I work here? (laughs) You know, (laughs) to the table. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So it's a whole different, you know, mentality and mindset. And then I also realized as I was working with a lot of professionals who were careerpreneurs, they were telling me during sessions, they were like, oh, yeah. And I also do speaking on the side. And I also do consulting and I also do this. So they were also entrepreneurs as well. Mm. So they were like, yeah, I am it. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you work here, (laughs) you need to understand my value. Oh, yes, girl. Okay. Well, then you know what? You just, I am a careerpreneur. I really am a careerpreneur because the, after you just described that, I see myself as a brand. I manage my reputation, right? In the corporate space. I am known for being a certain way, for working a certain way. And when it gets, if it gets to the point where I'm not able to operate in my brand, now you're trying to tarnish my brand, right? Oh no, I will not go down as being less than who I know I am. So if I can't do it in this seat, I would kindly pick my brown behind up <laughs> and move it to a next seat. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I will move it to a next seat. And I have totally disclosed when I go into a corporate space, because all of you know that I still work in corporate, but, um, and I have my business on the side and I do this podcast and I do a whole lot of other things. But anyway, um, I make sure that when I go in, I say, I have this business. This is what I do. And if it is a, and if it ever came to the point where they were like, you can't do that and work here, then they would, I would just move on to the next thing. Because what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to stop doing what actually feeds my spirit. I'm just not willing to give that up. I can bring all of the skills that I learned while doing this into your corporate arena, but in doing so, things are going to have to go a certain way. And if they don't, and if I'm not able to function as I'm used to functioning, then this isn't the place for me. Absolutely. Right? So girl, I'm a careerpreneur. 
I got another title. <laughs> I was calling it dualpreneur, but doing the same thing at the same time. You know, it's probably similar to the same thing, but people have to get this idea in their mind. It's a mindset shift. Yes, it is. That this company and I are not married. <laughs> you know, no, we're not. We're not tied to each other. When they are ready, they will let you go. And if you have built your brand tied to theirs and that's it. <laughs> yes. Right. You're going to have a problem. So, this is know, why people kill yeah. themselves, commit suicide. They've tied themselves to yeah. the identity of being. No, that's that's not how it is. I am who I am. This is what I bring to the table. This is my reputation and my reputation will be my reputation here or it'll be my reputation somewhere else. Your choice. Absolutely. And as a therapist working in agencies, I've left agencies for that reason. If I'm someplace and I see that you're not doing things that that are ethical, Mm -hmm. I know that the way that they're practicing therapy or the way that they're treating their clients, you know, isn't healthy. I have removed myself from those yes. spaces and, you know, detached. So you have to think about where you are right now and where you want to go. And it's more than a check for me. It's more than a check. And you said it earlier. You were like, if this doesn't feed my spirit. Yes. I have actually been in jobs where I experienced depression because of the job. Wow. Or I was drinking alcohol to manage myself. Yes. Yep. Been there. You know, people don't want to acknowledge that and they kind of like brush it off and they be like oh we're going to happy hour like no you might have a problem if you need to drink every day right when you come home from work and you need to drink alcohol right able to get through the the evening and then go Mm -hmm. back the next day that that's not what it's supposed to look like no it's not and so many of us have just accepted and become complacent that yeah, I have migraines. I have stomach aches. I can't sleep. I have insomnia. I don't have time for my children. I'm snappy with them. I don't have time for my partner. You know, like people right. are out here with a partner and they're like, we haven't had sex in six months. Right. Like what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you know? they're so stressed out with work. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not life. Right. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a certain mindset to understand that you can walk away Mm -hmm. or you have control over yourself as an entity, especially, you know, and I'm going to assume that your audience, these are very well-educated women. Yes. Well-educated women with qualifications, Mm -hmm. with experience. So it's important that you don't forget that. And I hear a lot about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I have imposter syndrome. I feel like this. And my thing with imposter syndrome is depending on where I place you and what environment you're in and who you're around, you're mm-hmm. going to feel imposter syndrome right. because we're in certain corporate spaces that the way that they're designed. And I'll give you an example. I work with a lot of black women. hmm we are in spaces where we have to come in with armor almost with just Girl. the way we are here. Girl. <laughs> so I have to come in there and sound like extra professional and speak a certain way mm-hmm. while, you know, the bros, the dudes, you know, they're like, yeah, bro. They talk however they curse. Right. And right. I have to speak eloquently. Yeah. And 
here with my hair looking a certain way. And if my hair changes, it's a conversation. Why is my body a conversation? Why yeah. is it a topic? It's unprofessional. You know, so of course you have imposter syndrome. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because you're, I, I'm learning all these new terms, which I've heard them before, but you're code switching, right? You're turning off your blackness when you get to the door and you're putting on your appropriate um, person of color mm-hmm. persona mm-hmm. so that you're not considered too aggressive or, you know, combative or too black or girl, I'm tired. I saw, I can't remember where I saw it, but I, I can't remember where I saw it, but it was a t-shirt that said, um, I don't code switch. You get what you get. Right. <laughs> and I think after a certain point, women, especially black women, we're just tired. We're tired, but you're absolutely right. Until we, until we get or move into the mindset that it's okay not to be okay with the treatment that we've been receiving in corporate America, it's okay to speak up and how to speak up so that, you know, I've, I've figured out how to speak up in a way that I don't end up in HR. So if you take it to HR, they're going to be like, well, what did she say? She, she didn't say anything wrong, but I'm letting you know how I feel. And I'm getting you off my, if you step on my foot, I'm going to get you off my foot. But in a way that if you try to repeat what I said, you're going to look crazy because it's going to be like, well, she didn't say anything bad. Right. But just getting to that point where you're confident enough within yourself to be able to stand firm in your power and to tell people, you know what, that's not okay. No, it's not okay for you to do this. No, it's not okay for you to do that. No, it's not okay for you to expect me to put up with that person's condescending attitude towards women of color as and call it a growth opportunity. No, ma'am, that is not a growth opportunity. That is not, that is abuse and I'm not here for it. So we can either give this account to someone else or I can send him to therapy every time he steps to me the wrong way. And then you're going to have to deal with him calling you to be complained to you about what I'm doing. So let's figure out how to make this work for the both of us here. Cause I'm just not, I'm, I'm, I'm not available for it anymore. And so to move people from women from where they are in their imposter syndrome to standing in their power, sounds like what you're doing for the women that you're working with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I knew we, I knew we got along for a reason. <laughs> this is just, we're like, no, man, uh-uh, no, I'm not available for that. I'm not available for that. That is not okay. So I love this. I love this. Now, you mentioned before we got, before we pressed the record button, you mentioned women in business or in corporate taking time out to pause and that you have a coaching program called pause and that based on you know your recent uh life experiences we talked about your um the passing of your grandmother and how you realized that you needed to practice what you preach in terms of you needed to take a pause so tell us about your pause coaching program why you created it and why it came how you realize that you needed to be your own client right now okay so we're going to rewind to the the big pandemic okay 2020 2020 
actually was really good for me for business. Okay. Because I'm a therapist. Yes. So 2020, the pandemic hit, um, let's say it was March when we had the lockdown. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had the lockdown and immediately I started getting more clients than I could even handle. Mm. (laughs) Like, more clients than I can. It was almost like scary because I was yeah. like, I can't do this. But you know, I, I did what I can do. I took right. on many people as I could take on. Yeah. And um I was getting podcast interviews and, and Instagram lives and LinkedIn interviews. It was just like nonstop, yeah. like all day talking about COVID and everything. And in that time, I was uh experiencing really serious fibroids. Mm. So I'm doing all this work. It's mm-hmm. a whole pandemic going on. I'm doing all this work, but I'm also experiencing fibroids so bad that I would literally be on my period for like three weeks every Girl, month. Been there. Like constantly, <laughs> mm-hmm. constantly, you know, just going and, you know, we could have a whole episode on how I dealt with that, but I almost thought I was going to die. Like I thought I was going to bleed to death because I was hemorrhaging. I understand. And <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, do I keep going? Cause yeah. this is, this is it. This is the year. And like, you know, I had business colleagues who were like, you know what, this is your year. You're, you're blowing up. Like, this is it. You're getting all these clients, you're making yeah. all this money. And I'm thinking in my, in my back of my head, I think I'm going to die if I don't stop. Like wow. that's how I felt, you know, yeah. that's yeah. my feeling. So I, I always have a coach like people, you know, they don't believe this, but therapists have therapists. They should. They have coaches. Yes. So I'm always in therapy or coaching. Yep. Me too. Having, um, I had a conversation with my coach at the time and I was like, I think I might need to actually take a sabbatical. And that went against everything mm-hmm. that was going on because, you know, I actually had a, you know, and, and not to say anything wrong, but I had like a, another business owner that happened to be a man. And I was explaining to him, like, I'm homeschooling mm-hmm. my teenager. <laughs> I'm homeschooling. I'm helping her manage. I am dealing <laughs> with some health issues. Right. More clients than ever. And he's like, well, why would you want to take a break right now when business is booming? And I remember hearing that and just feeling like deflated. But then when I spoke to my coach, who happens to also be be a black woman, she was like, if that's where your spirit is going and you're hearing that you need to stop, then you need yeah. to stop. Right. So it didn't feel natural to stop working, especially yeah. when work was coming. But I kid you not, as soon as I stopped working, like I told all my therapy clients, I explained what was going on. I was like, you know, and that felt bad. Yeah. I had to tell my therapy clients in the middle of a pandemic. Hey, right. I have to stop working. Yeah. You need to see another therapist. Mm-hmm. Here are some referrals. It was really hard. Like people were crying. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. hard, but I yeah. had to do that. And when I stopped, I crashed. Okay. There were days I would be in bed and I couldn't get up out of the bed. Mm. 5 p.m. And I couldn't get out of the bed. Yeah. My body crashed. So at that point in time, I was like, I need to focus on my health. Yeah. 
I went to um, to the doctor and, you know, we discussed what we were going to do about my fibroids and we decided I was going to have surgery. Mm-hmm. So I had surgery. I thought I was going to have like this quick bounce back that they talk about after yeah. I did not. Mm. I actually ended up having a seizure <gasps> when I came out of the operating room. Yes, I had a seizure. And when I woke up the next day, I didn't even know what happened. Wow. <laughs> you had a seizure seizure in recovery? When I came out of the operating room, when yeah. they were like wheeling me into my hospital room. Yeah. Yeah, I had a seizure. <sighs> Wow. And so when you woke up and you didn't know, you didn't remember where you were or anything? I knew I was in the hospital, but I didn't know what happened. Okay. You didn't know about the seizure. I didn't, I knew that I knew something started. Like I knew the seizure started because mm-hmm. I was shaking, but then it was right. like, you know, I went lights out. I just remember a whole bunch of people in the room. I can remember them telling me to speak. Mm-hmm. Like I heard them saying to speak, but I couldn't move my body. I couldn't yeah. speak. I couldn't say anything. It was like I was trapped in my brain. Yeah. 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 And when I came to, you know, and they told me what happened, I had a seizure. And when I got home, um, I wasn't able to walk the way that I thought I was going to be able to walk. So wow. physically move. Um, I also couldn't process English. People were speaking to me in English and I had to really pay attention and focus on what they were saying. Like I had to rebuild my memory. I lost words. Wow. Um, Even the ability to drive, it was like I was learning to drive for the first time. Like my brain wasn't connecting. So something happened with my processing. And all of that was a very long pause. (laughs) Yeah, hello. (laughs) Of course it was. A long pause. Yeah. So in 2020, I had a long pause. Yeah. And it was almost like my intuition was like, you need to probably take a break. And as I, as as soon as I did that, my body was just like, we're done for the year. Yeah. Yeah. I had to tell people who are reaching out to me, like I'm not available for clients and you know, God is good. Some people that reached out to me, like they found me on Google. They were like, I'm looking for a therapist that works yeah. with entrepreneurs or careers. I was like, I'm not available. I'll probably be available in December. And yeah. they did. They waited. They waited. Oh, girl, God is good, right? Yeah. They waited. Clients that I had before came back. Wow. I'm for you. Oh, not... <laughs> Yeah. Nice. See, that speaks to the quality of and caliber of person that you are. I really, really appreciate that. Now, my risk management mind, I'm hearing all that you're saying. I'm hearing the long pause. I understand about fibroids and surgery. Been there, girl. If you want to, I'm not going to tell that story now. You can go back to October two years ago. It's like episode, I did a whole month on, um, on menopause and fibroids. I think my very first episode, I talked about fibroids and, and all that stuff. I was, I was so mad. But anyway, I'm, I'm listening to your story. The surgery, I know I've been through the surgery. Um, I had, um, they stated that if I did the Da Vinci surgery, which was a robotic surgery, that it would take me less time to recuperate. No, ma'am, that didn't, it was still six weeks plus for me. Um, and then the seizure. So, oh, 
the the seizure and the fact that you were out of work for so long. Now, the risk management side of me is like, as a business owner, did you have like long-term care insurance? Like, how did you manage? Are you just, you know, a, a multimillionaire five times over and you didn't need to worry about making money while you were trying to recuperate from your business? Oh, no, not at all. I am <laughs> not a multimillionaire. And I would say, I wish that... Um, I was more serious about having long-term, you know, like disability insurance and yeah. stuff. Like that, so I didn't. Sometimes I just, you know, I tell people there are things that happen to me and I can only explain it as God because yeah. I made enough money <laughs> in the beginning of the year and yeah, to carry you through this bit of the pandemic remember yeah. I had more clients than I ever had before yeah one time and you know I'm really good with managing money so it's not like it was coming in and going out so I just kind of like rolled that out for the yeah year. and actually you know this is this is not true I did still have money coming in because I got a contract with a company during the time that I'm recovering mm-hmm. <laughs> for everything a company reached out to me that found me online. They Googled me and they were like, we see that you're a therapist and a coach and you work with professionals. And it was an, an employee assistance program. Okay. Like, we would like you to speak to our employees about mental health and stress management because a lot of them are struggling with the pandemic and all this stuff. Yeah. So that came in at a good time and it was very helpful um, mm-hmm. to have that. So that kind of carried me, but no, it was definitely God. Um, I have a very supportive family as well. Mm-hmm. So my daughter was okay. I didn't have to worry about taking care of her. Um, so yeah, I also have an amazing community, yeah. of, you know, like supportive people as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. I have like very good supporters. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So that was a long way to say why I started the pause program is because I had to learn how to be okay with the pause because a lot of high achievers, yes, overachievers are not okay just sitting down. Hello. (laughs) Especially when the money's coming in. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. You guys can't see it. I'm raising my hand. As an overachiever, I loathe not being busy. (laughs) Right? Like, oh my God, I can't do anything. And honestly, I really couldn't because when I talked to the doctor, I wasn't healing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you need to stop, stop, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. I was like, but I'm not even seeing clients. He was like, well, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to just like rest. Yeah. <laughs> so you can heal. Yeah. So I had to rest. And then I had to get back to basics of eating healthy, making sure I was hitting all my points of self-care. Because in that time, I wasn't really doing my self-care. We always sacrifice our self-care first as entrepreneurs. So getting back to that, getting back to like just basic things. Like I was having my three meals in a day. I was, you know, watching shows with my daughter. Like we were watching, you know, old sitcoms and having that time. So just getting back to that place of, okay, what are my basics? And then- after working through the basics of self-care and getting myself back, feeling like myself again, yeah. as close to myself as I could, it was like, now I got to get back to business because I, right. I was posting on social media. 
I must have had 200 inbox LinkedIn messages. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Intimidating. I was like, I got to respond to these people. I haven't responded in months, you know? Right. <laughs> like, how do I ease back into this and get back into this? And, and it's almost like if you disappear from social media for a bit, it's, it's almost like coming back is like you're coming back to the old neighborhood, but it looks different. Right. You're starting over. <laughs> you're starting yeah. over. Mm-hmm. People are like, who are you? I don't know right. who you are. Cause right. you know, there's new businesses and new, you know, new yes. and whatever. So it was like starting over and that is challenging for some people. And because it's so challenging, some people just don't come back right. from the pause. They yeah. don't come back from the setback or the challenge or whatever. Right. So, I help people learn how to be okay with taking a pause. Yeah. Okay. In the pause, like this is what you do in the pause. Right. Well, you can, you can take care of yourself. There are things that you can do. Let's figure out what that is. Right. Have the emotional bandwidth for, what do you have capacity for? And then how to ease out of the pause and get back into business. And really you have to ease your way back into it. Yeah. And how I ease my way back into it. I, I just started doing Instagram um, interviews with people. And I started reaching out to people like, Hey, I've been gone. I'm back. Right. 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 Um, Introducing myself, uh, slowly coming back to taking on clients. Like, Hey, I'm here. I reached out to my old clients first. Like, okay, I am, you know, back. They're like, you okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. So they're like, yeah, you're back. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the first event that I did was the flourish media conference in, um, 2021 flourish media conference they're a marketing company in miami and they do this amazing conference and they did it as a very small conference that year because it was still in the pandemic right. Right. 2021 i think this was even before the vaccine came out yeah it before was. i had the vaccine because yep. i backed out i was yeah. supposed to go too uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. i remember thinking to myself like well you know seneca um should you be around people right now I was kind of nervous yeah first time I would be around people again right I didn't even talk about what my immune system because I found out that I had like my immune system was attacking itself oh wow all these things were going on but I said you know what they said the conference is really small I think there were only like 20 something business there Mm -hmm. so I decided to go and I decided to pitch my business I decided to speak yeah Wow. And that was a challenge because remember I told you I wasn't really processing English. Right. Yes, right. So I do these things to challenge myself to break out of my anxiety, my yeah. if I'm anxious. And this is something I teach in another course. I have the business anxiety breakthrough course. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to shake ourselves up yeah. to get back out there. And that's how I did it. I was like, well, I might sound ridiculous. I don't know if the words coming out of my mouth will be what I want to say. Cause that right. was actually happening, but I was like, I'm wow. gonna and I actually ended up winning a uh, grant you did. A business grant. Yes. And I'm like, what oh, if I did it? I know. Oh my gosh. Grant. I'm so excited. I don't, I don't think I knew that you actually, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did because I sent the email out after. So that is so amazing. So did you, were you concerned, you know, I like movies and things. So I always get movie references that pop up in my head when people are talking. And just when you were saying, 
you didn't know if the words were going to come together. In my head, I was thinking of Chris Tucker. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my head? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, wow, well, I guess I guess they came. Did you share with them at the beginning of your talk what had happened to prepare them in case, you know, no. there were extra words that came out or you just went for no, it? I just went for it because one, we were time we had a time limit. So right. <laughs> there was a time limit. So I, I didn't have time to to share any of that. Uh, before I did the pitch, but I just wanted to just put myself out there. And that was how I got back. Right. It was me coming back yeah. to business. And after that, it's been just, you know, going steady after that. Yeah. So I've been, you know, like thinking how many other people from the pandemic or even right now are going through things that are challenging for them. Yeah. Where they feel this space of, I think I need to stop, but mm-hmm. I don't know how, or I don't know how to take care of myself and, you know, handle. Right. And it's a, it's a coaching program because it's not dealing with mental health. It's yeah. not, not diagnosing. And that's important for people to know that therapy is for assessing and diagnosing mental health disorders. Mm-hmm. It is not the same as coaching. Therapy is really getting to the source and the core of what mm-hmm. is going on mentally. There are times when I may work with clients who might need a referral for medication. So you mm-hmm. can't like think I'm going to go to coaching and it replaces um, right. you know, therapy because it's really <laughs> usually coaching, you know, you're, you're focused on the present. Yes. And you focus on you're very goal focused and mm-hmm. focused, and you're not dealing with deep hurt, emotions, right. trauma, and all those yes. things. So it's important for people to know that. So the pause program is not for people who are dealing with any mental health. That's not the reason they're having a hard time. Right. It's because life is lifing. And yes. that's what's happening in 2020. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you shared the difference between the two because in my, you know, I always tell people I am not a licensed therapist. I am a coach, right? But in doing my discovery sessions, I will be perfectly honest with people. Okay, let's talk about what's coming up for you. What is it that you want to work on? I'll ask a couple of deeper questions and then I will refer have two ways that I do this. I will either refer them to someone in my network if they're open, or I will offer them a, a session where I go through with them. And based on, you know, my metaphysical background and my energetic background, I will help them and my understanding of um, the psychology field and the, uh, the additional certifications that people get I will walk them through their psychology today in their area and say, okay, well, this person, what, you know, what you, I think you may need to focus on based on what our conversation is. There's sounds like there's a bit of trauma there. Sounds like there's some PTSD. Sounds like there, you know, you having maybe some uh, family dynamic uh, issues. Let's find you someone, you know, to work with you, to help you through that. And then once you start working on that, then we can focus on this. But I am not going to say that I can help everybody. I'm not going to, because I'm not, I don't believe in, I've been on the, on the, 
I've been on the side where people have taken on me as a coaching client, but they didn't know what the heck they were doing or they were trying to overstep, you know, what their limitations were, right? They were going beyond their limitations. I'm like, okay, I can tell you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I have always had a therapist and then I have certain coaches. So I know the difference between the two, but most people don't. And so the fact that you explained it is great because now they understand what you go to therapy for and what you go to coaching for. And knowing that you're able to outsource or to provide a referral to someone else if they need it for medication. And on my end, I'm, I also refer out to you know therapists either in my network or I help you identify someone on psychology today because that's just not that's just not what I do. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to be able to do my best work with you, nor do and I certainly don't want to for you to end up with what you know people talk about church hurt. I don't want you to end up with coach hurt because mm -hmm. I've had several clients that have come to me that have been, you know, just not treated very well by coaches who hung the banner of coach on their door because they took a $97 course somewhere. Ooh, stepping on toes. Uh, <laughs> listen, and you know, there's like this therapist versus coaches sometimes. I am not like therapist versus coaches. I think everybody just needs to respect where they are and what they're doing. And um, for myself, I love coaching. It's, it's a whole other realm, you know, yeah. of helping to empower people and educate and um, teach certain skills and things like that, mm -hmm. that we should have already, you know, right. because, you know, when you go to school, you learn whatever your subject matter is, but you don't learn things like how to navigate careers or how to navigate right. business. So I love coaching for that. Um, and even with therapy, the service that you offer to help people understand it is very important because I've heard this often that people have stayed away from it, not even just because of the stigma mm -hmm. of going to therapy, but because they don't understand it. Yeah. And you would think that, you know, people know how to get a dentist or an eye doctor or a dermatologist. Right. When it comes to a therapist, there's this like smokescreen, like, you know, yes. it's confusing for them. So sometimes I do have consultations with people where mm -hmm. they may not be in the state I'm licensed in. Even that people don't know, like your therapist must be in the state you're licensed in. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell people that, anybody, but I want to work with you. I saw you online. I heard right. you on the podcast. Right, right. <laughs> well, if you are in New York or Florida, I can work with you. That's where yeah. I'm they'll be like, but you're online. And I'm like, they, these are the legal requirements. And they, that's when they get like a click that it is a profession. It yes. is a clinical profession. Yes. License. And that's when they're like, oh, okay. So yes. there's around this. And mm -hmm. that's why it's important to know that the person that you're seeing for, I've seen this online anxiety coach or mm -hmm. you know, depression coach make sure that person is licensed to help people with depression or anxiety. Cause mm -hmm. sometimes what people are doing is I'm going to tell you how I help myself with my anxiety. Mm -hmm. and that could be dangerous for yeah. someone that either has another diagnosis mm -hmm. that they may need to be seeing a psychiatrist for right. and getting medication. Cause some things are a chemical imbalance. Yes. 
True. Mm-hmm. So it could be very dangerous. So people need to understand that. Or even for myself, they'd be like, well, you're a therapist. Can you help me? And I'm like, well, let's talk about what you need help with. And they'll right. be like, well, here's the situation. Um, you know, I'm getting a divorce and I want you to talk to me and my husband. And then I'll refer them to, you know, someone that specializes in couples or yeah. family. And it's not that I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. There are generalists that are therapists. You right. know, general um, doctor, there are right. general therapists who see everyone, children. Right. And I've done that. Like I've worked with all these populations and different agencies and group practice. Yeah. But in my own practice, I've realized that my zone of genius right. is working with professionals, is talking about careers, career counseling, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, dealing with life and work and all of that. That's my right. zone of genius. And I don't try to step out of that. So mm-hmm. if someone is like, yeah, you know, I have bipolar disorder, I am not going to be the one to help you right. with this. I will refer yep. you to someone that helps you with that. Or if you have like sexual trauma or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that I can't help people with that. Right. right. Substance abuse. I've worked mm-hmm. in a substance abuse clinic as well. Mm-hmm. It's not my specialty. So even right. that people need to understand when they're looking for a therapist, these are the questions that you should be asking. What do you specialize in? Right. Uh, do you have certification in it, experience in it? Yeah. Are you licensed in the state that I, I live in? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and that's precisely why I will walk them through the Psychology Today website, right? And have them, because we there's like, you can find 30 different people in your zip code. But you need to go through each one of those and decide, you understand what you're looking for, right? Because just picking one that takes your insurance isn't going to help you if that person is not, and you, it doesn't focus on what you need to focus on. So the service that I provide is not only do I help you find, narrow it down to what you're looking for and the people that are in that particular state or zip code that you're in, but I'm also helping you to craft that initial message right so from a from a coaching perspective it's you know it's easy for me to craft the message you told me what the issue was so now I can craft the message to get to send to the three people that you've chosen and then help you to evaluate the responses that they get you'd be surprised that a lot of these people don't even respond to the emails that they get from psychology today you know, when my last uh, client for this particular service was like, well, I never heard from such and such. And when so-and-so responded two weeks later, they said that they would give me a call. They never called. And I was like, oh my gosh. So now we know out of the three that you picked, the one that responded and responded in a positive way um, to the message, which let us know, you know, that she or he is willing to, or is able to respond to you or to treat you in a way that's comfortable for you now that's the person that you go with but you and then telling them you don't have to stick with that person right you can go to that one person for it's it's almost like my discovery sessions right you have a conversation you have that initial uh you have that initial conversation if it doesn't work if you don't jive that's great that's okay you find somebody that you do because your relationship to me i'm all about relationships so your relationship with your therapist is just important as any other relationship because this person you're going to tell everything to mm-hmm. 
So you got to feel comfortable. You have to feel like this person is not judging you for who you are, but able to be objective and to share. Now, don't even get me started on the therapist's responsibility to, um, I love the show. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I love the show Couples Therapy and the show In Treatment. Mm-hmm. because the show in treatment shows a therapist that's going through his own life, but then he has his clients and his clients trigger things in him. And then he has supervision mm-hmm. where he talks to his supervisor about what's happening. And the supervisor will, you know, help him work through it so that he doesn't project his drama or his trauma onto his clients. That is some serious stuff. Yes. So even as a coach, I make it a point every Wednesday we go together, honey, me and my therapist every Wednesday at five o'clock central time, right? Everybody knows don't, don't call me. Don't bug me. Don't ask me to go nowhere because on Wednesdays at five o'clock, me and my therapist, we're on a call, not just for like, and, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see them, but not just for like supervision, but for me to talk through all the things that are coming up for me especially in the corporate space and finding a safe space to do that. I'm constantly, and you as well, we're constantly giving to people, pouring out into people. We need to have people to pour back into us, to refill our cup. And if your therapist, I told you guys this before, if your therapist doesn't have a therapist or doesn't have a coach, your coach doesn't have a therapist, doesn't have a coach, you need somebody else. Because the last thing you want to do is to be involved with somebody who is only in their own head. They have no one that is checking them, no one that is calling them on their BS. You don't need that. You don't want that. So if I'm if I'm causing several breakups here between client and, and coach or client and therapist, I'm meaning to do it because you need to have someone who is being held accountable for what they are bringing to you and what you don't want them projecting their stuff into your life girl I could talk about that for a whole episode we could we could talk about you know therapy the therapeutic relationship and all of that and even the coaching relationship um is very important I find that in our time that we're in of social media and influencers that it's easy for an influencer to say that they are a coach and they are popular. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people will spend money on that program because they're thinking, oh my God, this person is popular. They know these celebrities. They are a celebrity. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into that program. And then they come back to me and they're like, so they're not helping or this is not working or I experienced this or they scammed me or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's a matter of you managing your emotions because mm-hmm. you don't know how to control it when you get into these spaces. So let me explain this. And you might you might know what I'm talking about. You go to these events. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. They have the loud music pumping. Everybody's like, woo, woo, woo. Right. Just to tap your neighbor. Woo. You know, right, right. is going and you're high in your head now. And they're like, give me your credit card. And you're just like, bam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You got to yeah. buy this thing right now. Today. Right now. I got to get it at, right the, at the event price. Because it's going to go up right. once I leave. 
Exactly. And you know, they'll come back to me and they'll be like, oh my God, they I can't believe they did this and I spent this much money. I was like, nobody did anything to you. You have to be in control of your emotions. Yes. You can have a great time, but you don't have to put down your credit right. card if that's not what you needed and wanted. Right. Right, right, right. You got all caught up. You all involved in the hype, right? You got all caught up in the hype. Oh my gosh. Yes, the fun time. And that's why they do that. They hire professional hype people, right? To get you hyped up. You know, you reminded me of, so two two instances. I I have an individual that I was coaching that had purchased another, a coaching program from someone else. And this coaching program, was like they paid for this PowerPoint presentation, you know, and the and the pre-recorded stuff. But it was to me, it was a lot of money for just that, right? I'm not, hey, charge what you feel you're worth, not a problem. But when the individual had a question, they referred them back to PowerPoint slide number 17. Okay. So now this individual is, individual is coming to me asking me to explain PowerPoint slide number 17 but they weren't my, at the time they weren't my client. And I was like, mm, you need to reach out to the person you gave the money to. There's a lot right? of things going on in, in the coaching industry that I could talk about or we could talk about. Right. You know, like you could pay people to make a course for you. And yes. if you don't know the material, you probably won't be able to answer questions about this it. This is true. <laughs> See page 17, paragraph two, sentence three. Right. Like, here's your script, you know? Right, right, right. I was like, are you kidding me? You paid what? And they get in trouble out here. We're like, (laughs) (laughs) we're exposing everyone. We're exposing them. We're exposing them. But people need to know, right? Because, you know, for the way that, and I'm just full transparency, I've been in this game and coaching game for over 20 years. I chose to go the metaphysical route because for me, connecting with my clients and being able to share my personal life with them was something that I wanted to do. And going the traditional psychology route wouldn't allow me to do that. I am also a woman that likes to say what I mean and mean what I say. I'm a straight shooter. So I'm going to call you on your bullshit. So as a licensed therapist, you know, if I were to say that's bullshit, that's wrong, blah, blah, blah then I could be brought up, you know, they could file a case. And I'm like, I am, I'm not going through all that. I'm not doing all that. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I know I'm going to get in trouble. So I chose the coaching route, but that doesn't mean that over the years, one, I haven't had my own coaches because I have, I've always had a coach, a therapist. Um, but I've also done a lot of work in studying like the psychology field and, and the different, um, additional certifications that they get and how they how they connect with the metaphysical studies that I've done. Currently working on my PhD in metaphysical psychology. So when I found out, you know, there was a program for metaphysical psychology, I was excited. I was like, oh my God, I get to tap into a little bit of this and I still get to be myself and still, you know, get to share my life and my experiences with my clients so I can show them this is possible for you because Look at what I've done. Here are the things that I know what it's like to stay up late at night. I know what it's like to go through, you know, a divorce. I know what it's like to be, uh, to have gone through domestic violence. And I can share that with you, which helps me to connect with my clients. So having all of that experience over 20 something years, when I see an experience or hear about 
coaches that just hung out their sign because they took a $97 course three months ago and now they're out here jacking people up, mm -hmm. I get kind of sensitive about it, right? Because it, it's a, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouth when it comes to coaches because they may have experienced this one. And that's why I say there's people come to me who have coach hurt and based on how much they have experienced with that inexperienced coach, it takes several weeks, if not months, to get them to heal from that before we can get down to the real work. It's true. Yeah. That's I can't, it's 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 disheartening how many people are out here playing with people's emotions. Yeah. It's so and, not cool. And I think because I have, you know, experienced it. You know, I had, I think I might even shared it with you, like my scammer experience with a coach. Like I felt bamboozled. Yes. <laughs> so because of that, and then knowing that I have had clients who came to me and they were like, this is what I experienced. Um, I'm in a coaching program and, you know, this is what it's costing me and it's not helping me. And then now they're asking me to help them with these things, you know, around mindset or whatever it is. And now they're like, oh, well, this is actually working. Yeah. You know, like now I'm actually doing the stuff. Right. Right. I, I wanted to create, um, a space for that. That's what the conquer network is about. Yeah. You should be able to build your business in a place where it feels safe to do so, mm -hmm. where you're not preyed upon, where right. everything is, you know, ethical on the up and up. And I don't want to work with clients who aren't the right fit. So right. sometimes I'll even tell people, you know, um, I want to know that I'm not wasting your time and you mm -hmm. don't feel like your time is wasted. And this is for you, right? This is right for you or right for you right now. I've had people tell me like, Oh, I want to, um, you know, work with you. And my thing is I'm going to qualify you. Like if you work with me for this amount of time, can you fund that? Like, do you have the funding for that? Or you right. can get the funding for that? Because what some people will do is they'll pay, you know, the one-time payment or whatever. And then mm -hmm. like, I can't do the other payments. Right. And now that messes up our coaching relationship. Correct. Absolutely. You resent me because you don't want to pay me because you can't right. afford it. And right. that's not doing the work. And right. that's the emotional stuff that comes up. So yeah. I address that before it even happens. So people feel good and comfortable paying yeah. the price, paying the investment to work together. Mm -hmm. So. One of the things um, that I also have that I've been working on is over the summer, we had a 12-week summer intensive of mm -hmm. the Business Anxiety Breakthrough Course. Mm -hmm. And the Business Anxiety Breakthrough Course helps entrepreneurs who feel like they're stuck in a startup. That's that phase where you've done the things to start the business, but then nothing's happening. Right, like, right. You know, it's like you got the car, but it's not moving. You don't right, have right. <laughs> afraid, you know I don't know what to do yeah it's for those who are in the startup phase and they're like you know I find myself getting really anxious about business so it's important to again disclaimer this is not the diagnosis the clinical diagnosis of anxiety mm -hmm. but business anxiety is it comes up for a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. they might be making millions for their company yeah they sell things for their company. They are doing presentations. They are going and doing videos. And when it comes to their own business, they get nervous. 
They're yeah. afraid of making mistakes. They start mm-hmm. shrinking. They hide. They're not telling anyone about their business. They're afraid to sell. So in the modules that we have, there are six modules. We work through what are your business anxiety cycles? That's mm-hmm. the first module. Like when you have 99 ideas and you don't implement one, that could be because you're anxious. Right. Implement it. It's not going to work out. It's going to fail. So you keep coming up with new ideas instead of implementing yeah. and testing it. So we work through that, you know, where is that coming from and what's actually going on? And mm-hmm. I kid you not, you know, I can't even like make this up because it's posted on social media. Someone posted like in five years, I've been trying to figure this out. And in one session, I had a breakthrough. Yeah. Because they understood they were, it was a business anxiety. Right. And the people who are in the course, these are attorneys. hmm They are doctors, they are professionals, educators. I have an artist in there. So Mm -hmm. these are people who have experience in education. Yeah. And for their jobs, they're superstars. Right, right. (laughs) You don't realize it's just because you have an entrepreneurial spirit, it doesn't always cross over into, you know, actually doing the work in the business. So a lot of people get stuck in startup and they'll be like, yeah, I got my business registered and I got my, you know, website, you know, or something like that, but nothing's happening. So, and then there's, I say stalled in scaling. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have clients and you've been charging that, you know, $50 an hour. Now you and I know that at $50 an hour, you're not really going to be able to sustain a business or become a millionaire and you're going to burn out, especially Mm -hmm. if you're trying to work a nine to five and carry a business. Right. So they are at the point where it's like they have business coming in, they have a following, they're doing speaking engagements, and now it's time to raise their prices. Mm-hmm. Or now it's time to like really put themselves out there, promote, do podcasts, do the uh, live video, all of that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. So I help those as well. So it's mostly service-based entrepreneurs who are mm-hmm. either stuck in startup or stalled in scaling. Mm-hmm. And I work through the business anxiety, the social media anxiety, the sales anxiety. I'm actually going to be doing a webinar on that this week in another group mm-hmm. talking about getting through your anxiety about sales. Uh, that's a whole program in itself. Yeah. And we work through networking anxiety because if no one knows you exist, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? No business and right. most business definitely comes from those business relationships. Mm-hmm. So people are used to going to networking events and talking about their company. Like I work right. for H&P company. Right. Now you have to go to events and talk about your company and your business and what mm-hmm. you sell. And you have to be confident in that. And if you show up saying, well, I'm trying to do, or, you know, how are people going to respond to that? Right. They're going to be like, okay, you're trying to do something. Right. Let me know when you figure it out. When you figure it out, let me know. Right, right. So I help them with how to work through that. Like just, you are, this is what you're doing. Whether you have two clients or not, they don't know. Right, (laughs) right. So true. Yeah. And then of course we want to talk about like, creating systems. And when I say systems, I'm talking about all kinds of systems, like some entrepreneurs kind of just wing it. So Mm -hmm. they don't have a routine. They don't have a system. They don't have a plan. They kind of just, ah, the spirit hit me. So I'm going to do some business stuff. And then then four weeks later. Right. And they're like, I'm not (laughs) consistent. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we talk about time management, organization, and how not to burn out, you know, how to prevent business burnout. So working through all of that, um, it's helping them feel confident. And once you are confident in yourself as a business owner, the sky is the limit. You you know, anything is possible at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So as a 12-week intensive, it was um, really great because I am interactive. It's a course. Mm -hmm. We did have office hours so people could ask questions live. Mm -hmm. I didn't send them to a slide. Right. (laughs) Questions live. Yes. Right. (laughs) Because everyone's business is different. So they have different Mm -hmm. questions. And also they can chat with me in the community. They can post their question or a comment or share with me. This is my win. This is what I did. Right. It's like a hybrid, you know, it's traditional group coaching, but um, you know, it's been a great experience. So I am relaunching it and I'm stretching it out to a six month program. And I'm going to be bringing in guest coaches and experts mm-hmm. that I vetted mm-hmm. that I know are safe, like yeah. mentally safe right. for them to work with. So yeah. I know marketing experts that they are familiar with how important mental health is in marketing. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody is like, I don't really feel comfortable yet with going live, mm-hmm. but that's okay because I know a marketing expert, you know, I know different marketing experts that can help you work around that. There's different right. ways to bring in traffic to you. Right. Some people don't know how to package their services. Mm-hmm. So I have someone that's going to come in and talk about how do you package your service to sell it? Because, you know, we come from the old school where you go in the phone book and you just look up attorney. Right. Yes. You you just call the attorney and it's like, it's a mind shift. Yes. You can't do that anymore. (laughs) So so wait a minute for our millennials listening. Let me explain what a phone book is. (laughs) It is a book that was super thick, maybe depending on where you were. Uh, It could be a quarter of an inch thick to two to three inches thick where you would look up people by their profession. If you need a plumber, you go to the P's and look for where it started with plumber. You pick somebody based on the picture that they had or if their name sounded cool. But this was before the internet, okay? This was phone books before the internet. People don't Millennials have no clue what a phone book is, right? It would be a paperweight right now if they needed it or something to add, you know, to the fireplace or the fire pit in the backyard if if they ran out of firewood. But that's what a phone book is. Right. They can Google it. They can Google it. So (laughs) most of my clients, you know, they know what a phone book is, that they're in that time. And, you know, it's like moving away from that and understanding like, you, you know, people are looking for your face now mm-hmm. when they see a business, they want to know who's behind this, mm-hmm. who is the person like, and, and this is a challenge for some of us from, you know, pre social media. Cause yeah. I kind of came at a time where I was, when I was in college, there was like AOL, mm-hmm. but it was like a novelty. Right. So it wasn't a thing you used or had to use. So if you're coming from that time, it's like, it's a whole mindset shift. Of, yeah. So now I'm the brand. Like I got to show up. I got to like talk to people. I got to, right. I can't just like put up a website. No, no. you can't do that now. <laughs> like that, that, you know, triggers people emotionally. They feel some way about that. It yeah. 
an anxious feeling in them. They feel nervous about putting themselves out there. So mm-hmm. we talk about how do you show up and be a brand without sharing things you don't want to. You don't have to share everything. Right. Tell everybody everything about your life. Tell people what you're comfortable with. Craft your story how you want to. Yeah. You want to. And it makes people more comfortable to be themselves. And the more yourself you are, the easier it is to get out there and just share your gifts. Because at the end of the day, the anxiety shouldn't keep you from sharing your calling. You know, whatever you're called to do, you need to get out there and do it. Yeah. Sometimes people, you know, I say we cannot mute, delete, or block our calling. Girl, tell me about it. Because I've been running from this one for years. (laughs) The space I'm in now, I'm like, God, are you serious? Really? Really? You want me to do this? This. You know me. You know my mouth. You know my level of patience. You know I'm going to keep it real. Are you sure? He's like, I've been telling you this for the past several years. My husband even said, this is a space you needed to be in. I told you, he started telling me this like three or four years ago. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. And then I got hit in the face, popped upside the forehead with an experience that was like, you know what? I can't, I can't ignore this anymore. I got to do this. So I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. Well, you know what? I haven't even been keeping track of time, but I am so sure that we are, we are over, but sin, coach sin, as, as she is lovingly called, I'm calling her sin. I would love to have you come back. We definitely have to find something to collaborate on. Um, but I would love to have you come back and share more with our listeners. Let um, list, please know that you will be able to download the show notes. And in the show notes, Sin, we're going to have every link that they can reach you on, wherever they can find you, what courses you have you have whatever upcoming um intensive that you have going on i'm going to make sure that you can connect with coach sand because she is amazing i think you can as you can see again i'm only bringing you individuals that i have a personal connection with and those that i know are going to be able to share with you from their zone of genius and this is definitely coach sand's zone of genius so be sure to check out the show notes um look for the links I'm going to, don't forget, Coach Sin, to send me that link to the YouTube of your grandmother's funeral. And before we go, what I'd like you to do is just share with the listeners, if you had, I'm all about being the happy executive woman, right? So if you had one piece of advice to share with the listeners to help them reach the goal of becoming a happy executive woman, or in your case, a happy business owner or entrepreneur, what would that be? I would say to be true to what you know you should do. And you know what you should be doing, right? not doing. Right. That. Wow. Don't, don't be stepping on my toes. This is for the people. <laughs> This wasn't for me. <laughs> this was supposed to be for the people, not for me. Okay. She said, I felt that. So I know that there are going to be some of you that feel that as felt that as well. I'm so excited that, that you've spent this time with me. And it's really been a pleasure getting to know you more. I remember when I first met you at Flourish in 2019, I think it was 2019, 2020, maybe, maybe 2020. Um, 
And it was the first time that you had, you know, you were sharing publicly what you were thinking of doing. I remember that. And then from there until now, I knew there was something I was like, oh, she is so cool. I'd love to, I'd love to get to know her. But I'm such an introvert. People don't believe it, but I am. And I'm not one to be like, hey, do you want to be my friend? You know, <laughs> looking all weird at 56, walking up to women, right? Hey, do you want to be my friend? But I'm really excited to, to get to know you more. I'm looking forward to us staying connected and definitely looking forward to us doing something or collaborating together for um, our uh, clients and for the listeners coming up this fall. So um, with that, I'm going to let you guys go as, as you know, you know, these are the candid conversations are like the best for me. I initially started out planning to do one a month. And then girl, I was having so much fun. Like I have to, I forget that I need to record one with just me. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you today. Um, Be sure to check out the show notes, download the show notes. Um, You can find the podcast. If you are just looking at the show notes, you can find us on every streaming platform, pretty much the happy executive woman. And, you know, as I said earlier, the sh- I'm starting to shift the focus of the podcast. I would love to have you join me on this journey. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any topics that you'd like for me to cover. And there's some good stuff coming up. So you want to you wanna stay close. And oh, I wanted to tell you that I checked the ratings once again. And it looks like that we are still in the top 10% of all podcasts globally so it's like almost three million podcasts globally the happy executive woman is in the top 10 percent. so thank you so much for all of my listeners my loyal listeners thank you for sharing thank you for posting thank you for liking all that you do i really appreciate you until next time this is coach anita and coach sin signing off As an executive woman, giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want is so important. And since I like to practice what I preach, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from and leave a review and a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much. And if you know of another amazing woman that could benefit from these topics, please be sure to forward this podcast to her.